Welcome to Toucan Carry First Assembly's podcast. Now open your heart to be changed by God's Word. If you could have a superpower, one superpower that could help your life maybe more than any other superpower, it might be what I'm talking about this morning. Today we're talking about the filter of discernment. Discernment. Kind of a spiritual term that is kicked around, kind of, kind of a word. Let's, 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 let, me, let me share with you what it is. Discernment is the ability to, to think biblically about all areas of life. That's what discernment is. For you to think biblically about all, all areas of life. And it's important that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we, we are people who decide, we choose to be discerning people. We choose to be people who, who want to hear from the Lord, who want to hear accurately from the Lord, right? Who want to hear accurately from the Word of God, because often what happens is we read the Word of God with our own perspective. Anybody with me? We sometimes read it not for what it says, but for what we hope for, that it says, right? And it's important, it's important that we have what's called discernment. And it's a gift from God. It's a gift. And so I want us this morning to look about, uh, at, at discernment and check it out. This, all around you this morning, there are ways of information that are traveling through our space. Right? All around you. If you, if you had a radio with you, you'd probably be able to tune into a radio station. Where was that information coming from? Well, it's in the air. It's in the air now because someone put it out there. Um, if you had... If, if you had a television, right, some of you could probably tune in a television station, although it would be pretty bad, but you could t- tune it in, right? You could tune it in. The same is true with God. If we'll just tune in to him, we can, we can hear from him. He can speak to us, and he can guide our lives. And so we're talking about that this morning. The same is true with him. God speaks to us like that way. It doesn't matter how close you are to God. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how, how, if you're tuned out, you can, be, you can be very close to God, but if you're tuned out, you're not going to hear Him. You could go to church every day the rest of your life very religiously, right? Very religiously, and it, you not be any closer to the Lord or hearing from Him or allowing Him to lead your life in any way because you're... You, you, you may be thinking, well, I just need to be at that place, go to this thing, go be a part of that thing, get, get, a, get in touch with these individuals. No, no, no. We've got to get in touch with the Lord. We've got to hear Him. It's Him we're after. Amen? It's Him we're after. It's Him we're after. Proverbs 14.22 says this, What you think is right is the right road may lead to death. What you think is the right road could lead to to death. It's very important to know when God is talking, when he's instructing us, what he's sharing with us. It's very important to know, is it God or is it just me? Right? Is it just me? Am I alone the one who who, who am thinking about this? You need to know the difference. And discernment is how we know the difference. If it's him or if it's us, or it could even be the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, trying to, trying to push us one particular direction, 
to get us out of touch of the will of God, out of touch of the ear of God, and listening to something else rather than the Spirit of God. So it's important that we see here, God gets blamed often. He gets blamed for all sorts of evil that isn't His fault at all. Anybody, have you ever heard anybody blame the Lord for something horrible? Now, really? I always just want to lean in and say, seriously? Really? God caused that car wreck? Really? It wasn't, it wasn't the teenage girl on her phone watching a movie on the dash? Really? <laughs> it wasn't that. We saw, we saw a car accident that had just happened this week. And uh, there was a many, luckily, no, I don't think anyone was injured, but I was impressed with the amount of airbags in a minivan. If, you, if you're planning on being reckless, you might try a Chrysler Town and Country, I'm just saying. Curtains of airbags just, it was, it was impressive. God gets blamed for all sorts of evil. That he does not do. It's not him doing, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's our, it's our imagination. Sometimes our, it's our desires that lead us away, that lead us astray. And, all, and then all sorts of evil happen. And we often go back and we blame who? We blame God. So it's very important, ladies and gentlemen, to know, is this God talking to me? Is it God talking to me? The Bible says this in, in 1 John 4, 1. Don't blame everything you hear just because somebody says it's a message from God. Don't believe everything you hear because someone says it's a message from God. Test it first. Test it when? First, to see if it really is. Test it first. Circle that in your notes. Test it first. Write that in your Bible. Do something. Test it First, if you want a good example of how we can flip-flop, in the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Peter says this, you are the Christ, the Son of what? The living God. Jesus says to Peter, you're right, Peter. You're right. I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're right, Peter. And that idea didn't come from you, Peter. Who did that idea come from? God gave you that idea, right? God, that, that thought, that when, when that was processed through your brain, God brought that to the forefront of your mind. No one, did, no one else did that. God did that. How many of you would like to have that happen all, the, all, all day long? For God to bring those things to the forefront of your mind. For, for, for when, when questions come, when circumstances happen, when situations are availing themselves to you, that boom, just God brings those things right to the forefront. How many of you? Yes, 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 yes. And, and one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to us is what? It's discernment, discernment. And we're asking the Lord to clarify for us so that we have a spiritual mind about the life that we live. Very important. Amen? The Holy Spirit, we're filled with the Holy Spirit so He enables us to do what? Empowers us to do what? Live a supernatural life in a natural world. Right? To live a supernatural life in a natural world. God gave you that idea, Peter. Right? 
God gave you that idea just a few seconds later. Jesus says to him, you, you, you know I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem, right, Peter? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to die on the cross for the sins of the people. I'm going to have to die, Peter. And what happens? Peter says, wait a minute. No! That can't happen. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you closer to, to Jesus than Peter is right now? This was an individual that had walked with him, talked with him, that had seen the miracles, that had experienced it. God's working, the power of God's working through his life. He's there. He's constantly with him. And what's happening right here in a moment, in a moment, listen, don't you dare think that that in, in just a moment you can't have an idea that didn't come from the Lord, it came from the enemy. In a moment, the enemy puts a thought in Peter's mind to what? To turn him away, to challenge the authority of Jesus, to try to get things off track, and what happens? He says, you don't want to do that. Jesus, you don't want to do that. That's nonsense. You don't want to do that. And Jesus looks at the same guy who just a moment ago said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he looks at him in the face and he says, get behind me, Satan. If Peter can get off track, hello? Your friends can that are giving you advice. Come on, somebody. If Peter can get off track, that blog post that you've subscribed to for years now and you read every word and you're just hanging on every... Yeah, they can get off track. If Peter can get off track, a denomination certainly can. Might not always be right on everything. Peter can get off track, so can you. So can a thought that you allow just to to process through your mind because of your own desires. Peter didn't want to see his best friend on on the whole planet go to the cross. Peter had seen people go to a cross. I think sometimes we... We have a, a, a lack of understanding of the cross of, 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 of Calvary. The cross was not a new thing. The cross wasn't a new instrument. It was something that they had year, used for years and years and years. And the Romans used this f- f- as, a, a, as an absolute terrorist tactic in the lives and the minds of the people. They're terrorizing the people. They just crucify somebody. And then they, they'd make it very clear. Get in line with what we tell you, or you'll be next. And so when Jesus says, I'm going to be crucified, one of the closest disciples has a moment where the enemy of our soul floods his mind and wants to disrupt what's going on. And he will use any tactic, ladies and gentlemen. He'll use any relationship. He'll use any influence he can. Sometimes the best people in my life have given me the worst counsel because of their own desire. Anybody with me? I remember when when the Lord was was trying to get us to, to, this was crazy, quit our really good jobs and move home because he was trying to get us into ministry. No one in my life liked that idea. I remember calling mom and dad 
And my dad said, uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to what? Now, do you have a job? No, you don't have a job. (laughs) Right? Hello? Good desire, right? Jesus, I forgive you. So, so, so is he. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 17, anyone who wants to do God's will can test this teaching and know whether it is from God or whether I'm making it up. Today, we're going to look at some different ways to discern the voice of God. Is God truly speaking? Number one, in your notes, write these down. Number one, this is always, this is, will always be number one, by the way. Does it agree with the Bible? Does the thought you're having, does it, does it, does it coincide? Does it, does it line up with the word of God? It's always the first test, ladies and gentlemen. It's always the first test. Does it, does, it, does it align with the written word of God? Not the word of God that you have floating around in your head. Right? How many of you know we have all kinds of scriptures floating around our head that aren't scriptures? Right? Right? Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's some grandma wrote that that liked baths for children. That's not the word of God. Right? We get all crazy. Right? So does it agree with the Bible? Does it agree? The Bible's God's given word. He's never going to violate that principle. Never will he tell you to go against his written word. Never will that happen. So he'll never tell you, he'll never tell you to ignore it. He'll never tell you to add to it. He'll never tell you to deviate from it. He just said, here it is. Here's the best instruction I could ever give. I want to bless your life. I want to love on you in this way. And ladies and gentlemen, a copy of the scriptures is indeed a gift from God. Amen? It's a gift from the Lord. It's a gift from God, and we need to dig into it. And we need to allow the word of God to speak into our lives. It's living and it's active, and God speaks through it to us to change us to be more like him. And it is a blessing that we have to be able to read the Word of God, to love on God, to be in connection with God through the Word of God. It's huge. It's huge. So are we we digging in? Are we we processing every decision? I like to say it this way. It's the Supreme Court decision of every decision of our lives. It's the final say. If my kids are ever going to wonder, where is dad going to be on this particular thing? Listen, I tell them, if dad goes against this, ignore dad. Honor the word of God. Honor the creator, God, who spoke and and men and Men wrote the word of God down, and we now have a copy of it to be able to be in touch with him. God's never going to go back on his word. He's never going to deviate from it. Jesus said, John 7, 17, anyone who wants to do God's will can test, can test, can test what? This teaching. And know. How would you like to know? How would you like to know tomorrow morning when you get to the office, when you get to work, to, to go into the, the, the job, how would you like to know whether, whether that decision for you is the best one? You know, the one where they're pushing you and you're a little unsure if that, 
if, if you can line up with the way they're wanting you to behave yourself, conduct your actions, the decisions they're asking you to make. It's clear to know whether it's from God or not. Does it agree with the Bible? Luke chapter 21, Jesus says this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Proverbs 12, 19, truth stands the test of times. Ladies and gentlemen, fads change. Therapies will differ. Trends will change drastically. If you don't believe me, you should have been where I was this week. Popular opinions change. Science even changes. The truth of God will never change. The truth of God will never change, right? The flowers may wither, the grass may fade away, but the word of God remains the same. It remains the same. If you want, if you, if you want to give your kids something they can hold on to, if we can pour into the community something that they can grasp onto and latch onto, it's the word of God, amen? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. I appreciate somebody in, in, in communication, preaching, teaching. I appreciate the word of God being instructed. I appreciate that. Why? Because it's not just some guy's opinion. No one's opinion really matters. But the word of God matters. God matters and he's never going to deviate from his word. So if, if God says pay your taxes, hello, got real. Just get back to scripture, preacher. No, I, I will and I am, right? D says pay your taxes. God's word says that. Then, then, then he doesn't mean that, that you have to shave off a little bit here and there. Even though your brilliant accountant found some loopholes. Ah, bonanza! Or what Christians like to call blessing. Come on. Oh, I was blessed today. Right? I treated that waiter so rude. He just told me to leave without paying the bill. I was blessed. The Lord blessed me. No, you're an idiot. And you're causing us to have a really bad image. You're hurting the body of Christ. Man, I'm, I'm excited to say no. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, said this, even if I contradict the Bible, don't listen to me. Scripture says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, let God's curse fall on anyone, including myself, who preaches any other message. That's other than the, other than the Bible. Let, 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 even if an angel comes from heaven and preaches any other message, let him forever let, let him be forever cursed. Well, if it was an angel, Pastor Derek, they wouldn't only, they'd only have one message. No, 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 no. Satan is a fallen angel. Right? Every, every, every one, every cult that exists today upon the planet started because they claim an angel came and said the Bible's not enough. Here's another book. Here's some more books. Here's some more chapters of books. Right? Here's, here's a new gospel. Here's an addition to the gospel. Here's more that you need to do. No, no, no. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. 
There's nothing more to be done. There's nothing to add to the word of God. He has spoken and it is final and we have a copy and it's beautiful. And God will never contradict himself, right? God's will for your life is right here. It's right here. It's his will for us, amen? You don't get any clauses of exception. Well, God loves me so. No. God loves you so. God loves you enough. He gave you a copy. Or at least access to one. Right? The YouVersion Bible app that's available through iTunes. Amazing. Craig Groeschel's church in Oklahoma City called LifeChurch.tv. They, he talked about this this week. There's more accessibility to the Word of God now than ever before in human history. version is available in almost every version of Scripture you can get. It's free of charge. And, and get this. They could be multi, 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 multi-billionaires by now. It's downloaded 400 million times a month for free. If they just charge 99 cents. But the heart of those people is that we need to give the Word of God as freely as we can give the Word of God. I'm thankful. Are you? Second question that you could ask, that we could ask ourselves is this. Does it make me more like Christ? Is this idea, is this thought, is this decision, will it make me more like Christ? If I follow through on this thought, will it make me more like Christ? Because Jesus is the standard by which we live, by which we will measure all ideas, all impressions that come to our mind. God's goal is to make us like His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the number one goal of God in our lives. Philippians 2.5, in your lives, you must think and act like Jesus Christ. You must think and act like Jesus Christ. If you want a checklist for this, acting like Jesus, if you want a checklist to to test an impression, to test an idea, to test a thought, to test something that you were told to do, hello? By the way, if you're told to do something and it doesn't violate the written word of God, and you're under the authority of that person, your responsibility as a child of God and as a human being is to do it. I didn't figure I'd get too many amens right there, but it's okay. Does it make me more like Christ? James 3, 14 and 17, great checklist here, says if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, such wisdom is of the devil. It may not be a God idea. It might be a devil idea. It might be a Satan idea. It might be an idea that leads us astray. Amen? So how do we know the impression is from God? How do we know it's, it's, it's not an impression from God? If the impression is all about wanting to, to retaliate against another person, individual, or thought process, what is that? Yeah, very well, maybe the, the devil, right, himself, to try to get us stirred up. Listen, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of the kingdom of God would love to bring division in every area of your life. Every area of your life. If he could just, just bring some division. If he could just cause people to be rubbed the wrong way. Where unity breaks down 
and individuality raises to the top of the pile. Selfish ambition will abound. We have selfish thoughts all the time. We have selfish thoughts all the time, but God's not going to give you an impression to make you selfish. God won't do that. The ideas that come from Him are going to be ideas that serve and love and care for other people, right? They're going to make a difference in other people's lives. They're going to do that. There's also a a list here of how to know it it, it is an impression from God, right? It says this, the, the wisdom that comes from God is pure. It's pure, James 3, 17. It's pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and impartial and sincere. Are those things, are those the thoughts that I have with this impression that's weighing on my mind? When I'm thinking about this, does peace just ripple off me into the lives of other people? The submissiveness just just automatically take place. Third way. Getting something? Number three. Does Does my church family confirm it? Somebody say, hmm. First, first you ask, does it does it line up with the word of God, right? Does it? Then, then, then does it make me more like Christ? Thirdly, does my church family confirm it? Well, let me ask you something. Are you in the right church? In the right church? How do I know? Are they doing things according to the word of God? If not, you're not in the right church. There's some wrong churches. Anybody? There are some wrong churches. By the way, leave it in the hands of God to open them and to close their doors. Does my church family confirm it? You see, we need the wisdom and counsel and the advice of other godly people in our life to help us stay on track, to help us stay moving toward Him, right? God never meant for you to go through life on your own. That's why He created the family called the church. He created the the, the family of believers called the church because we need each other. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody has it all together. Nobody knows the right decision every time. Nobody, nobody, not me, not you, not your cousin Sally. Nobody. It's one of the many reasons why we need a church family. Ephesians 3.10 says God's intent is that through the church, through the church, circle that, circle that, circle that, circle that, that through the church, the, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Beautiful passage of Scripture. Through the church, 
And by the way, there's all sorts of ideas about the church. Should the church meet in, you know, this church I just went to? They'll have close to 20,000 this weekend. A church. Well, that's not a, that's not a, it's not a New Testament biblical model of the church. How do you know? Have you researched that? Well, no, no, the church is supposed to be house church. Let me tell you something about house church. <laughs> right now and for the last 50 years, they've been digging up churches, houses, in the area of, of Jerusalem where the, the New Testament church began. And you know what they're finding? They're finding rooms built into the center of those homes that would, how, that would, that would be able to hold three or four or 500 people. Where it says they go and they meet together day by day. and It's not a small group in a tiny little corner nook of your kitchen. But the guys against bigger churches, they'll say that it is. Should you research that? Yes. Yes. Through the church... The manifold wisdom of God should be made known. If God has genuinely spoken to you, if you have an idea, an impression, a thought, a desire, if God has spoken, if it's really from God, then mature, mature believers in your life will confirm it. They'll confirm it. Here's a great thing to know. If all the mature believers in your life are warning you against it, you need to hear them. <laughs> you need to listen, right? And then what do you need to do? Go back to point one. Every time, point one leads the way. What do you do? Help me out. Help me out. Come on. Go to the Word. Go to the Word. Go to the Word. That's the, that's the key to everything, guys. Go to the Word. Go to the Word. Go back to the Word. Well, I heard some over here. I really trust and believe, love, the, love these people. They're awesome. I trust some. I've watched their lives. Go to the Word. Go to the Word. Because people are only going to live like 90, 100 years tops. The Word has been around. Whole generations of people get sideways and go away from the Lord, the Lord, and what happens? God's Word never changes. Fads change, people change, everything changes. The Word of God never changes. If you're in this house, you will hear me say that umpteen times. From now on, you're just going to get sick of me saying that probably. Proverbs eleven nine: 9, the wisdom of the righteous can save you. It doesn't say that the wisdom of your best friend because they're going to tell you just what you want to hear anyway. Right? It doesn't say that the wisdom of your mama. Mama, smile at me. I love you, but sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> the facts. I, 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 was, I don't know about you, and this is funny because mom and dad are in here. They, they were gone the last two weeks, and I'd planned to say this while they were gone, but welcome back. <laughs> but how many of you remember the day when you first realized that your parents weren't right about everything? Like two of you have have some guts. I'll take both of you gentlemen to lunch. <laughs> right? That's a weird day in my life. What? They weren't perfect. <gasps> I mean, I, I know Dad's a handsome man because I look a lot like him. But I, I gotta say something. They're in the building. Here's here. <laughs> Listen, I believe there's two main reasons that people's lives get out of shape. Two main reasons. Number one, they have no spiritually maturing friends. 
There's no spiritually maturing friends in their life that have a loud enough voice. Number two, they don't listen to them if they have them. And a possible third. If they do have them, they never ask them. Because of pride in their heart. Or the pride of the friend. But if it's the pride of the friend, I wouldn't call them spiritually mature. They're just not open to receiving counsel. Some of the best days in my life are days when people look me in the face and say, you're wrong. You're wrong. So here's the thing. If, if we're not plugged in with a group of believers, then we're, we're going through life unprotected. And God is, and people say, well, God, why didn't you tell me? He was trying but we had disconnected from the answers. Anybody? If you're going through life on your own wisdom, your own judgment, frankly, it's not enough. And it will derail you and get you off track. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says this way, In the multitude of counselors there is safety. If you want to make fewer mistakes, then get, and, and get all the godly mature people you can to surround your life. Get them to surround your life. Let, 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 me, let me tell you this, what this verse doesn't mean. It doesn't mean get a multitude of counselors, period. Let everyone speak. Listen to everybody, right? Pull the audience, right? I'm going to throw a Facebook question up, and if the top answer is this, I'm going to choose no. Let me say it loud, okay? the majority is almost always wrong. I don't know about that, Pastor. They were in Jerusalem. One week, they're cheering for Jesus. The next week, they're asking for His blood. It's not popular. It's not popular. It's factual. Don't go to one counselor and listen to them, and if they tell you something you don't like, you just check out and go to another one. Because here's the, here's the real deal, holy field. Right? Okay. Listen close. If you pay enough money, somebody will tell you what you want to hear. There are those people. They're in every city. They're in almost every circle of friends. Right? Sometimes it's not money. It's just closeness. It's just connection. It's just, it's just companionship. It's like looking at a carnival mirror, right? Some of them give you the true reflection. Some of them make you tall and skinny. Other carnival mirrors, you're all buff. You know, you're a hundred and a quarter soaking wet and you look like the Hulk. It's lying to you, right? What's interesting is two steps over, there might be a mirror that will tell you the truth, right? Find the right mirrors. Number four, I got, I got to hurry. Is it consistent on how God shaped me? Before you were born, God had a contribution for your life to give to the world. 
Remember, He's your Creator God. Okay? Because of that, He gives you certain abilities. The heart, the passion, and the things that make that contribution be able to be to happen in your life. He shaped and designed you for a purpose, right? Rick Warren calls, he, he says it this way. The, just this in your notes, write this down real quick if you, wanna, if you want some extra. If you want extra credit, write this down. <laughs> write the word shape just going down the page. All right, a little acrostic. Number one, S, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. That's what, what has God supernaturally gifted me to do? S, sh- shape, spiritual gifts. What, what spiritual gifts has he given me? H, heart. What do I have a passion and love to do? What, what's my heart? Okay. A, abilities. What natural things has, have I was just born with? Natural talents and abilities that God just gave me. What skills do I have? The, the, the letter P, personality. Where does my personality best, best serve? Where, where do I naturally fit? Because God created you, right? I know it's weird that later on you find that all the pieces start fitting together and suddenly you're in a group of people who are, I don't know how it happens, but God, God, God knew that would take place and so he puts you there with certain abilities with other people. Isn't it interesting, right? Isn't it interesting? The, the P, personality. Where does my personality? E, experience. What spiritual experiences have I had? How about this one? What painful experiences have I had? What educational experiences have I had? And in the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, God uniquely forms each body of Christ, each church, as a body that that is functional and effective because he knew from the foundation of the world how that you and me and other people would be in this body of believers connected to one, one another and, and that strengths would need to be there in different flavors. Isn't that amazing? God's good. He's good. He's really good. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, in advance, God had this planned out. In advance, God has it all planned out. And that's why we should trust him. Amen? He, he's going he's gonna to give you impressions, ideas, thoughts, decisions to make that will help you line up with your spiritual shape that I just talked about. He's going to give you those things. He'll shape you for your purpose. Right? The way God made you and fashioned you tells you that, about God's will for your life. Right? God's will for your life to be a worship leader isn't a worship leader if you can't carry a tune. Please, no more bad Christian music. Please? Anybody? Please. Well, Pastor Derek, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) You, you, You discover a lot of God's will. You discover a lot of God's will by looking at what you're good at. Do you need to get better at the things you're not good at? Yes, you do. But you discover a lot of God's will, what you're good at. I don't know. I don't know, Pastor Derek, what about Moses? You know, he wasn't a good talker. How many of you understand that was an excuse? Because you'll never find anywhere in Scripture where Moses let Aaron do the talking. He, he, when, when God calls him to lead the people out of Pharaoh's bondage, what does he say? Whoa, 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 whoa I can't. 
right? But what does he do? With sound mind and language, he leads them. Fifth way to test an idea. Follow me here. Is it in my area of concern? If it is not your responsibility, why would God talk to you about it? It's a good question. One time Peter was talking to Jesus and Jesus told Peter exactly how he was going to die. Peter looks at, over at one of the other disciples and he said, how's he going to die? You know what Jesus said? None of your business. Is it in your area of concern? He told Peter, he said, you follow me. You worry about following me. John 21, Jesus said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? But you, you must follow me. In other words, I got to get my act together. In listening for God's voice, I need to listen for God to speak to me. Romans 14 verse 4 says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. It's saying here, focus on your responsibility. If, if you lead anything, including your house, right? And if you're single, I hope you're still leading your house. Then, then you, you're, it's your responsibility. Sometimes people just aren't going to listen to God, Right? There, there are those rare occasions where you have to speak up because you care and maybe bring some correction, but be patient and pray a lot first. Hello? Please pray a lot first. There'll be times in your life, and there'll be other times when you have to tell someone that they're blowing it. Listen, any time you do this, remember you only have access into their life if you have heard from God, not your desires for them. Not your desires for, your desires don't count. Right? Your desires don't count. Well, I, th- I think this would be a great business opportunity. I don't. Well, you should really do it. No thanks. Hello? Why? Because if I'm the... <laughs> I'm the pastor of a church. If I, if I get in business with you and it goes really good or really bad or nowhere, who's to blame? Yeah, me. Romans 14. Will we all be judged one day not by each other's standards? Thank God, we will all be judged. Not by each other's standards, or even our own. You know why not our own? Because we're not accurate. But by the judgment of God, because he's always true. He's, his motive's always pure. It, it is to God alone that we shall have the answer for our actions. Number six, is it convincing rather than condemning? Real quick, as... as the worship team, music people, help me out. 
Is it convincing rather than condemning? Explain the difference. So many Christians go through life living under condemnation. Conviction, this will help you, listen close. Conviction comes from God. Condemnation comes from the enemy. The purpose of conviction is to correct something that's out of whack in your life. The purpose of condemnation is to put you down and make you feel miserable and guilty about what you've done or have not done. It shames you. The motive behind the conviction of God is that God loves you and He cares for you. He wants to help you to be better. He wants to improve your life. The motivation behind condemnation is that Satan hates your guts and wants you to be miserable. When God speaks to you about an area of your life for conviction, it's very specific. Condemnation is very broad. Conviction is very specific. You shouldn't have said this. You were rude then. Right? Not, you're just a jerk. No one likes you. Nothing you can say is right. It's condemnation. Conviction, God wants to bring specific instruction into our life so that we change those things. Listen, God's changed so much in your life already. He doesn't need to take a condemning stroke. Hello? On the cross of Calvary, He was condemned for you. For all of us. The condemnation fell upon His shoulders. With arms outstretched, He took that upon Himself so that we could have not the condemnation from the enemy, but the conviction from a loving God who who knows we just need to make some adjustments in our life. Some adjustments need to be made. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. You are to walk free in Jesus' name. Amen? Free in Him. Revelation 3, those whom I dearly and tenderly love. Notice the motivation here. Behind conviction, he wants you to change those whom I'm dearly and tenderly love. Tell, I tell their faults and I convict and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. That means a changing of our mind. Changing of our mind. Changing of our attitude. Condemnation doesn't go away. It just stays there. Conviction. It happens. We, we address it and it's gone. It's gone because change took place. Listen, some of you are living under condemnation and I'm just telling you today, the Lord wants you to just be free of that. Just be free of that. Let the discernment of God come and recognize that is not God speaking to me. I'm His child. He loves me. He is prepared for me and I'm not living that way anymore. Hello? Right? Number seven. I close and I'm not having I don't have time to finish everything but number seven is this do I sense God's peace about it 
Do I sense the peace of God about this? This decision, this situation, is God's peace just abounding in this, in, this, in this right now? If you get an impression and you feel pressured and it makes you feel overwhelmed and it makes you feel confused, you ought to question whether that is from God, ladies and gentlemen. Does, does God push us out of comfort every now and then? Oh, most definitely yes. Most definitely he does. When he spoke to Moses and told him to go to Pharaoh, he didn't want to, right? So he made up an excuse. We do the same. The Lord says this. He's, God says, the, the word of God says that his, his yoke is easy and his burden is what? It's, it's light. It's light. There's peace that comes. There's peace that comes. God wants to, you to sense his peace, to sense his presence, not to sense pressure, but to sense the peace of God. I, I'm not saying don't discount it immediately. I'm saying test it. Unlike us, God is never afraid of a test. He's never afraid of a test. First Corinthians 14, 33, God's not the author of confusion. He loves a clear heart. He loves a clear mind. He loves a child that will come, come to him and ask all the hard questions. Don't you love it, parents, when your kids ask you the real meaningful questions? I love that. I love it. A couple weeks ago, Dylan broke up a fight at school. He's standing there, and he's a tender little soul, right? And he's standing there, and I said, he's telling us the story after he gets home, and he says, he says, I said, well, what did you tell him, buddy? And I, he said, I told him they didn't have to do that because Jesus loves them. And he just melts down. It's funny, right? I'm thinking, I never broke up a fight, and that was my attitude, not one time. Kicking people in the face. You get over there, and you get over there. You know. He said he walked over to this little boy, and this little boy had his head down on the fence. And he walked over to him. He put his arm on his shoulder and he said, he said, you know, you don't have to act like that. Jesus loves you. And the little boy stand there crying saying, I know, or I think I know, maybe. Does he really? <laughs> he really does. He really does. We just bow in prayer right now. Lord, I love you so much, and I, th- I thank you for your word. It's, it is so clear, and it is so, it's such a beautiful thing that you've allowed us to have in our hands, in our hearts, in our minds. God, I pray you would fill your people. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Twitter at T-U-C-F-A or Facebook.com slash Tucumcarryfa.